Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 161 of the One Before I Die podcast. After a few weeks off, we are finally back here recording again, heading into playoffs for the NFL. Sabres are an absolute heater as well, so a lot to talk about today. Um, before we do get into the episode, though, obviously want to give a quick shout out to DeMar Hamlin, his family. Um, obviously, just an unbelievably scary thing that happened a couple of weeks, or I guess a week ago today as we're recording this. Um in Cincinnati, just didn't feel like uh, putting out an episode last week would have been the right thing to do, um, just given the circumstances with DeMar's health at the point last week. So uh, we're back now, but we want to give a quick shout out to DeMar, his family. And also, I want to actually give a quick shout out to the the Bills training staff, <clears throat> handled that situation um, tremendously well as, well, as well as the Cincinnati training staff, the Cincinnati hospital that, <clears throat> that housed DeMar. Um, just a crazy thing that's happened on the field that I've never seen before. Uh, Ethan's probably, I don't know, you, you probably haven't seen anything like that before. Um, I mean, most people have kind of voiced their, uh, from their their side as well, I haven't seen anything like that before. So um, it, it's great to see that he's doing better. Um, it's great to see that, <laughs> I believe today, as we're recording this Monday, so yesterday, as you guys are listening to this, he did get out of the hospital and he's back in Buffalo now. Um, so I just wanted to share that the Buffalo Bills tweeted this out Monday morning or Monday afternoon, a little picture of an update with a quote from the UC Medical Center. They said, we are thrilled and proud to share that DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and returned to Buffalo. He's doing well. And this is the next stage of his recovery, which is just incredible. Just a week later, he is out of the hospital and back in Buffalo. DeMar also tweeted out, headed home to Buffalo today with love, with a lot of love in my heart. Watching the world come together around me on Sunday was truly an amazing feeling. The same love you all have shown me is the same love that I plan to put back into the world and more bigger than football. So um, obviously crazy thing that happened and, uh, you know, didn't feel right with leading off, <clears throat> leading off the episode with anything else. Um, so uh, all thinking of him, obviously, and, and we can continue to do so as he progresses and as he becomes um, better and better throughout the coming weeks and, and days. Um, did you want to add on to anything with that? But I obviously want to start with that before we kind of got into anything, you know, football or hockey related today um, when we're recording now. No, it was just incredible news to get today that, like you said, DeMar Hamlin is uh, on his way back to Buffalo. We'll be joining the team, I'm guessing. Um Obviously won't be playing probably, but I mean, it is incredible turnaround from where we were at last week to where we are now. Um, it was just <clears throat> insane moment on the field. Like you said, extremely scary, but you know, it really shows uh, the resilience of DeMar Hamlin and how he was able to, in a week's time, make this turnaround and, um, you know, fight through the just an absolute crazy crazy scenario that you never want to see happen um but yeah it was unbelievable uh unbelievable response by the bills against the patriots this this week first and foremost securing the w uh solidifying their spot as the second seed in the afc uh playoff race and then also icing on the cake is knocking the patriots out of the playoffs as well that's always it's always fun to do as, as a bills fan is you know, if you're not going to win at all, at least you can make sure the Patriots aren't either. So, um, yeah, that, that was also, <clears throat> you know, a nice cherry on top to to celebrate DeMar, get a W and then, you know, have the Patriots be on the losing end of it. Yeah, I mean, it's second year in a row where we've ended the Patriots season. So 
that's a great feeling that you can beat when you beat the Patriots, let alone knock them out for the, for the rest of the year. Uh, we've talked about the changing of the guard in the AFC East and um, it's, it's starting to really kind of, you know, take full form as it's the second year in a row where we literally knocked this team out of, uh, you know, out of their misery and send them to the links. Um, before we do hop into that game, and before we talk about that more in the in the bills and the playoffs and going into that, I also just want to read off, um, and, and this kind of does have to do with the game as well. And um, obviously, we're going to talk about that. You know, it wasn't a perfect game, um, but just going into it, like just looking back at the year so far, and obviously, we come out here every week talk about the prior game, uh, or sorry, talk about the game that just happened. We talk about you know games looking ahead. We talk about the season and how it's gone so far. Um, but looking back after this DeMar situation, it, it kind of put things into perspective with the Buffalo Bills season this year. It's been a rough go for the Bills in in terms, not even just on the football field and their injuries, but just in the city of Buffalo has had a tough go of it, right? They had the Topps mass shooting, which happened um, before the season started. The Kim Pegula health issues, Luke Knox, Dawson Knox's brother passed away. Uh, the blizzards, right? The the first one that's forced relocations of the game from Buffalo to Detroit, where they played like three road games in a row. The second blizzard that had over 40 deaths in the city of Buffalo. Uh, and then, of course, the on-field stuff with Damar Hamlin, Micah Hyde going out early in the year, Von Miller. So this city's been through a lot. And I think that a lot of the times when we're recording this podcast or other analysts and, and other content creators and people that do this for fun and just, you know, as a thing to do as a hobby and talk about their sports teams and um, you know, their favorite sports teams, you know, on a weekly basis, whatever, like you forget about like the mental aspect of the, these real human beings and people that are doing this day in day out for a living for our entertainment. Um, and I'm not like trying to like caveat this by saying, maybe that's why the bills, you know, haven't been executing at a higher level or, um, aren't performing at, at the, at the rate that we know they can, but we do forget about like, that's a lot to take in, especially in one city, one year. And you're, and you're just expected to come in and plug and play each day. Um, like nothing else is happening in the outside world. So they've been through a gauntlet. I mean, it's kind of similar to honestly, the Raiders last year where, you know, everything that they went through with the Henry Ruggs situation, the John Gruden thing. Um, I think they had a bunch of injuries, like it, just a bunch of stuff off the field too. And it was just like an absolute gauntlet of a season that they went through and, and still were able to make the playoffs. Like, the Bills to be able to finish this season before we get into the specific, you know, Patriots game and looking to the playoffs to, to finish the season overall is 13 and three, a game canceled and all the things I just listed out happening. It's still impressive. It's very impressive. And I think that has to be kind of talked about in a sense when we're going through the team and where they're at, like you have to kind of factor in these things that maybe aren't talked about as much, at least from my perspective, I think it's worth mentioning. I don't know how you feel about that, but all those things I listed off definitely mm -hmm. play a factor in this team in the city um, going to work, you know, each and every day and kind of trying to rally around each other. So I think they deserve a ton of credit for that. And, and to finish with a 13 win season after everything that's happened, uh, super impressive and, and obviously super motivating going into the playoffs as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a good point. A lot of people just, you know, as fans, you just show up on Sunday and expect this team to go out and beat up on teams based on, you know, all the hype surrounding them, all this star power that we have. You know, Josh Allen, it's like, these, you know, like we said, these guys aren't robots. They have lives outside of the game. And yeah, everything that you kind of rattled off there, it's th those events really didn't even have anything to do with the football field besides the injuries, right? Like those are all 
just things that are going on in the city, you know, it's weather, stuff that you can't control. So, yeah. um, yeah, for, for, I mean, it's just another hat tip to, to McDermott and being about the culture that they built and like the, the environment that they have around the organization now where, you know, guys are truly caring about each other, that it's, you know, more than a job, more than, um, you know, just a team. It's like, a, it's a family atmosphere and, and the guys really care about each other outside of, you know, just being teammates. So yeah. it's, it's really, it's really special. And, and, and that's the kind of only that's that, that's the way that, you know, not every, not every team in the NFL is going to be able to deal with stuff like that and, and be able to go 13 and three. Um, and, 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 and the only way that you're able to do that is to have that kind of culture and to have that foundation that they built. So hat tip to them. Uh, but I mean, getting into the specifics to the game here, the bills didn't end up winning on Sunday. Uh, what was the final 30, 35 to 23, I believe 23. Um, hmm. the, I mean, the big story, I more probably it's going to be the, maybe the most iconic play of the season was the opening kickoff return to the house by, uh, Naheem Hines, you know, first, first play of the game, the whole stadiums jumping and, you know, the, they had the whole pregame ceremony for DeMar Hamlin and, Hines just taking that thing all the way to the house. Well, you know, I won't forget it. I I think a lot of Bills fans, it'll be one of those like kind of plays you always remember. Um, you know, we have a lot of these plays that we don't like bringing up, like Music City Miracle and the Wide Right, 13 Second, like all these other plays that are ingrained in our brains. But like that will be always a play that, uh, you know, you can refer. I, it, it will be like the Hines Hamlin return or something. You know, people mm-hmm. know exactly what you're talking about um, when you bring that back up. So, Super iconic, amazing way to start the game. I don't know if you had anything to add there on the kickoff return. No, I mean, yeah, that was just insane. I mean, you you start the game off with a house call, right? After everything that's gone down, pregame ceremony, everyone's getting ready to, you know, you know back to the, the team preparing for this game. Obviously, they're using it as, all right, let's go out and win this for one of our teammates. Um, but there's still that, you know, thing in the back of your head as you're preparing for the game that you're wondering about your your teammates health and, and, and as much as you want to get past that, like it's, it's, you know, tough to prepare for that, for, for, a, for a game, for a moment. And then Heinz just catches that ball, rips that thing 96 yards to the house. And the place was rocking. Um, To be honest, from that moment, I thought we would win that game 35, nothing instead of 35, 23. Mm-hmm. I mean, like then we can get kind of more into the specifics of the actual game, but um, from, yeah, from that kickoff return, I mean, it was, probably from from my perspective as a Bills fan um definitely one of the most memorable plays that I, that I'll you know have in in my lifetime um just with everything going on and the fact that you know it, it was what 3 months and 3 di- uh 3 months and something until our last kickoff return um 3 years and, and 3 months 3 years 3 months maybe yeah 3 seasons 3 months um but yeah it was obviously just an electric play and and got things rolling, but going into the game. So yeah, I thought after that, I thought, all right, we're going to come out, get a stop on D, which we did. They went three and out the next drive, but then it kind of stalled and went back and forth. We were losing at halftime. If I remember correctly, Um, no, tied at halftime or tied at halftime. So yeah, after that play, I mean, I thought we were going to jump on and, and just, and just roll. Um, but I mean, we didn't really. So, I mean, we'll talk, let's talk about this. So, I don't know. Where's your mindset at right now with the with the Bills going into the playoffs? Because I know that we were texting throughout the the game and a little bit after, and you know you're talking about the defense and um, 
Like, where where are you at right now? How confident are we going into this game against Miami and then throughout that game as well? Or throughout, you know, if we do win that game throughout the, the rest of the playoffs? Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm as confident as I was going into playoffs last year. I mean, I'm just going to be straight up. Um, I'd love to love to say that I would. I'd be love more... to, but real quick, I'd love to go back to the episode before playoffs last year because the Bills were in a similar situation last year going to the playoffs, and we and then we just popped off. We were winning games. We were winning. We had a winning streak going to playoffs, but at the same time, we weren't playing at our highest level, and then things kind of changed. So I wonder if you we were really that confident going to last season playoffs. I'm not, you know, saying you weren't or, or whatever. I'm just, I am genuinely curious about myself and you as well because it's a similar situation, if I'm not mistaken. Um, kinda, but I just remember that turning point of the season last year being that second half of that Bucks game, and the offense kind of didn't look back after that. And uh, I don't. Uh, the Hamlin thing might be that catalyst this year. Um, the kickoff return. And I mean, the, the team's going to be playing for a teammate now, right? Like th- this, the season is now the Hamlin season at this point that can really energize a group of guys. I mean, I'll say this, I wouldn't want to be playing the bills in the playoffs. They're going to be fired up. Uh, they're going to have the, the other thing too, is the, the situationally the bills will not have to play a road playoff game at all this year right yeah. uh the the worst that they can do is play a neutral site afc championship game and then obviously a neutral site super bowl so situationally they're in a better spot matchup wise if we look at this this game against the dolphins confidence level i think it all comes down to who's playing quarterback i mean if, if two is not playing quarterback and we're gonna get this what's his name skyler thompson or mm-hmm. what's his, is that his name skyler thompson yeah then I, no, I'm not worried at all. I mean, I I don't think that Dolphins team with him at the helm can beat half of the league. Like that 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 they looked terrible against the Jets. They couldn't. They there wasn't. Any, they didn't even score a touchdown. Um. So I mean, if you're not confident going into this game against the Dolphins at home with their second or third string quarterback, then we have bigger issues. So I'm I'm not worried about this Dolphins game. And I think even if Tua plays too, I, I'm still decently confident because one, he's going to be rusty coming off a concussion and he traditionally doesn't play well obviously in the in the uh buffalo weather and outside of miami like it's it's just gonna be a tough situation for two to come back after missing a few weeks from injury so i'm definitely confident going against this dolphins team the one thing though is like this team about the bills and it's been like this all season regardless of injury is like nobody beats this team more than themselves like they, they they are I, this is the biggest uncharacteristic trait of this team of past Sean McDermott Bills teams is where they are just not, not a disciplined football team. They do. They, there's too many things that they do that negatively affects themselves. Like the, the Bosch punt yesterday, the, the untimely penalties are not taken. T- like this, the game was in hand, right? And we had the ball up two possessions and, you know, Dorsey's calling pass plays or throwing incompletions. Like, just run the ball. It's just these little things, right? Where it's just we we just do it to ourselves, right? And I yeah. haven't seen that with these past Bills teams, and that's what scares me. Because when you're playing against the Patriots in a Week 18 game, you can get away with this stuff when you're throwing 50 yard bombs, right, by Allen. But like in a playoff game, that's the stuff that that's the difference between a win and a loss in a lot of these playoff games that are just so razor thin margin for error. 
That's what yeah. scares me the most, I think. And the, you're right, because we were talking about the defense. I, I said, like, I'm not confident about this defense. I'm still not confident. And you said, well, yeah, I mean, it's hard with all these injuries. And I totally agree. The defense kind of is what it is since Von Miller went down. Just not nearly as good as what we saw at the beginning of the season. Um, you're just gonna, we're just gonna have to get some turnovers. I think that's how we're gonna have to win these games. Like the defense is gonna have to find a way to turn the ball over a couple times. But the, if the offense is gonna score, it comes down to those plays where you're, you're beating yourself, in my opinion. And, and that's what scares me most about this Bills team is the discipline. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I mean, weirdly enough, like as as pretty optimistic of as as I've been this year, and I always say, you know, a win's a win. Like, and I'm still of that mindset where you you get the win done, and that's all that matters, especially in the playoffs. I mean, it doesn't it, it absolutely right, doesn't matters. matter how how it happens. A win's a win. Um, kind of what you, going off what you said about them shooting themselves in the foot, and and also just kind of a gut feeling. Like I've done this before. Like I'm a big gut guy feeling when it comes to the Bills and and where they're at, and my my and some of my thoughts never like don't line up and don't make sense. I think we win this game on Sunday against the Dolphins, and I don't even care. I'm not even factoring who's playing quarterback. Like for whatever reason, and maybe part of it's you know the what you're saying about shooting themselves in the foot. Like I do feel like there's going to be some fluky stuff that goes on that makes this more of a game than it should be. And I think that we win 100%. the game, but I but I feel like it's it's also one of those classic where like everybody it's going to be like the first time we played the Dolphins, right? Like. Yeah, like everyone's counting on the Bills to, you know, everyone's counting on the Bills to, you know, route them, you know, Skylar Thompson's playing, whatever. And and I think maybe we do win the game by even 10 plus points. But at the same time, it's one of those games where you, you know, you finish the game up 14, but it wasn't really like that. Um, So for whatever reason, I am a little bit nervous about that. On the contrary, on the contrary, like I like this Patriots games, I know we were kind of talking in the group chat, me, you and dad, like you and dad kind of seemed the vibe I was getting from you guys where you were a little bit pessimistic about the game. You didn't like the game that goes as the way it did. And I understand that, especially the first half. Um, but I don't know. I, I thought that I thought the game was fine. I thought the defense, obviously they got gashed by Mac Jones, which wasn't good, but I, at the same time, I think the defense can be better. And at the same, and another weird thing I'm gonna say is I think the defense almost matches up better. Like this is going to sound crazy, but I think past the Dolphins, we're probably, you know, looking at Cincinnati, looking at the Chiefs. In a weird way, our defense matches up better against those teams than a team like the Patriots and a team that runs the ball down your throat. We can't stop the run. It's something that we were stopping earlier in the year since the injuries from Von Miller. We we can't stop the run. It's It's been a problem against Miami in the cold weather game. They're running all over us. And thank God Mike McDaniel wanted to pass the ball more than run or else that game could have gone the other way. Um Against the Chiefs earlier this year, I know the injuries weren't there as much yet, but Micah Hyde was still out. We we match up better against the Bengals and the Chiefs than we do the Patriots in terms of a defensive perspective. I know it sounds crazy, but I think it I think it really well, is true. I, I, yeah, I guess I guess I get what you're saying, but I mean, before Hamlin got injured in that Monday game, it didn't look like we we're gonna make one stop. Yeah, the that's the other night. thing. That's the other thing too, though, is that I think our and I and I'm not saying this is okay. This is also a flaw of the Bills. I think our defense gets better as the game goes on, and I think that's if you go back to watch every game this year, I think that's pretty obvious that in the second half our defense plays a lot better i texted this to you guys yesterday in the game as well that it seems like for whatever reason it is mcdermott and frazier like have too much on their plate during the first half or that they can't make adjustments early or do anything until they go to halftime and go to the locker room sit down and talk about it and i think the defense did play better in the second half against the patriots i think the defense is the, it again it's i think it's a flaw it's something weird where it's they come out and it's almost like a feeling out period for the first quarter 
where they're kind of having their whole way against our defense. And this has happened in multiple games, regardless of who we're playing. And then our defense gets better and better throughout the game. So that Bengals game, you can't take much from it. I really don't think you can. I know they were moving the ball on us at will, but there was 10 minutes played in that entire game. There's still a whole, you know, three quarters and change to play where the defense could have made big plays, made interceptions, even if it's a high scoring game that changes the tide. Like there's all those things that the Bills defense have seemed to have done throughout this year where they make timely plays. And it comes back to what I've said multiple times throughout the year, whereas the Bills team just seems like they make the clutch plays when they need to. So again, it's crazy about me saying that they match up better against the Chiefs or something like that. But the Chiefs are a similar style to us where we throw the ball a lot. We we, we can't run it that well. Um, I don't know. It, it, the, the past couple of times we played the Chiefs besides the playoff game where all that scoring popped off in the last, what, three minutes of the game, we, we've kind of held them. I mean, the last two regular season games to like 20 – 25 less points like I don't know I am worried about the defense because of its injury that's is we are what we are because of the injuries to Hyde and Von Miller which I know it's only two players but Trey White's playing banged up Jordan Porter clearly is playing banged up as well they're just not a full strength defense and that's what sucks going into the playoffs knowing that this defense can be so good and it's just kind of they are what they are with what they have with that being said I I don't know they get better throughout the game and and I I think they're still a capable of winning a Super Bowl with the defense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that last part. I, I get what you're saying, and I, I, I know it's frustrating. I don't know what it is, but you're right where, like, the defense sleeps, it seems like, for the first couple possessions, and then they finally make some adjustments or guys start to wake up. The, the, the thing about this defense, and you're right, like, Poyer's obviously got something going on, and he hasn't been right all year, and he's been playing through it. Um, and even though they're still undefeated when he does play, right, which shows how good the guy is, and and then also you you just have too many playmakers on the defense for them not to not to make plays, if that makes sense. Like you got Milano and Edmonds and Poyer. Uh, I mean, Trey White finally got in the mix last game, even though he's looked very bad since he's come back from injury. Um, but it's it's just like you got you got these guys, regardless of how the game's going that they make plays, right? They've done it in their in their whole careers. They've done it throughout this year. They'll get a big stop, get a big strip, and, and kind of t- change the momentum. So that's the one thing that this I think this defense that's has going for. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But I mean, I even after the Singletary... Confidence-wise, like confidence no, I, I get Like at, you're saying, after the Singletary fumble, they made a big hold to hold them to three in the red zone there, yeah. right? Like, that was exactly. huge. And, and I do, I'll give them credit there. I just we were talking about this whole discussion around like what's our confidence level going in. And I can't say my confidence level confidence level is just not as high. If that's the kind of defense that we have going in the playoffs, because I know what burned us last year, right? It was inconsistent defense. We didn't have, we didn't have a, a, a guy that could close the game out against Mahomes in the, in the, in the divisional round last year. Right. And we were talking about this whole first five weeks of the season. It's like, man, this team doesn't really have a weakness. Like we got Von Miller. We got, you know, our, our safety duo back, we got Milano and Edmonds and Rousseau is taking a huge step and Ed Oliver looks like a beast and it's all true, but that's not this defense anymore. It's this defense seems the same spot as we were last year. Maybe not even, maybe even a little bit more banged up, right? A little, little more shaky. So that's why confidence level wise, it's like, I know what we're getting into here now. January football is a beast and you play these teams like the Chiefs and the Bengals, these offenses are going to be ruthless. And the to have a defense that is like, that's how you go in, knowing how 
that's how he went in last year. It's like fool me once kind of, you know, shame on me, you know, or shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Like that whole, we've, it's kind of like, I've been there, done that. I can see it's like a crystal ball thing to me. Um, and I, I want to be proven wrong and I'm still going to, you know, root for, we can win. Like these games are, I'm not saying the bills are going to go in and lose these games just from a confidence perspective. I can't say I'm confident past this Dolphins game. Yeah, I mean, it sucks with the it sucks what happened. I mean, like you said, the the additions that we made to the defense are not going to be playing. So it, it does suck. The other thing I will say is, and I don't know how how much this really matters. It probably doesn't matter at all. But it, we we want we we are so specific and and hyper focused on the Bills, obviously, because we're fans of them, and we you know in football. Obviously, everyone plays at the same time. You can watch Red Zone on the side, sure, um, but you're not getting the same information of watching those games as you are, you know, hyper focused on the Bills game and you nitpick every little thing, you know, all Bills fans do. That's what we do in watching the games. I will say, just from talking to like my friends and other people that I work with and, you know, talking sports, like, other people aren't seeing, and again, this doesn't matter, but other people aren't seeing these flaws that we're seeing with the Bills. Like they still think they're a super dangerous team. And and that's what I'm saying, I guess, in terms of maybe if we were Bengals fans or Chiefs fans or we're watching every specific games of those, maybe those fans are saying the same things about their own teams going into the playoffs. It, it all balances out in some one way or the other. I mean, I think that the Bengals just lost their starting offensive tackle for the rest of their year. Um, so, I mean, it goes up and down the, the league in terms of, you know, I mean, the Chiefs, squeaked out a win against the Texans, right? The, I think the past five weeks with the, with the Chiefs, we, we're sitting over here thinking they're this huge powerhouse, which they are. I'm not taking anything away from them, but they've had maybe one possession games that they've won in overtime against some of the worst teams in the league. Probably some of their fans are thinking the same things about them that we are sitting here nitpicking the Bills. So, I mean, again, that doesn't really like mean anything, but if you if you get what I'm trying to say, like there's different perspectives from everything, from an outside an outsider's view who's not just, you know, so hyper-focused and nitpicking everything, um, it, you know, they're not as, you know, hyper and, and, and you know, thinking this is like the end of the world or, or not as confident, whatever the case may be. Um, so I don't know. I think they're going to be good games. I think the Bills can obviously win past the Dolphins. I think it's going to be a fluky game against the Dolphins. They should they should win it regardless of who's playing quarterback. Um, but I don't know. Just a different, I guess, perspective of things as, as you head into the playoffs. It's like it, – it, these things are going on with every team in the league. It's not just the bills that are going through little lulls and, and stuff like that. Um, moving on from that. I mean, what else, what else should we talk about with the bills? I feel like there's, there's other things we want to, well, I mean, do you just want to talk about this. I mean, we're talking about a lot of things besides the, the game at hand in front of us here. Um, the yeah, Dolphins. we talked about it a little bit. We can, we can dive back into it, I guess. And so, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting matchup. I mean, the line is set, I think at, 10 or something around 10 the bills are favored by 10 points which you look at that and you think okay well that probably means that two is not playing if they announce that he is i i would think the line moves down to maybe five or six um but yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting game because say what you want and you just talked about how we are hyper focused on the bills Every team isn't perfect. You know, the Chiefs, the the Bengals, very good teams, but they also have their own flaws, their own injuries that we don't focus on because we're always focused on the Bills. You throw a divisional game into the mix and things get interesting because we got two of these brewed up. I mean, I was just talking. I, I mean, was if Lamar about comes this, back, like we don't know right. if Lamar's coming back. There's there's so many question marks in these AFC games. Um, 
the and Bills, we just know we just know in the playoffs again. Sorry to cut you off. Just it, it, it never goes how you expect in the playoffs. It, it just never does. So it's like right. people think you know they're out, especially wild card making, weekend because yeah, you're online these, making these, your predictions and these and these games not are not going to go away. These games are wacky. There's big spreads this weekend. Um, you're playing a lot of teams that you maybe played already a couple times, you know, the saying is it's hard to beat a team three times. Right. So if you're playing a team for the third time, it's like, they kind of know what they're going to throw at you at this point. And so that's, that's what kind of scares me most about the dolphins. Like I honestly, I didn't want to play the, the Patriots again. I didn't want to play the dolphins. I would rather play the Steelers or I guess the Titans were already out of it by yesterday, but those were like, I, I, regardless of who's good, who's playing quarterback or whatnot, I just, I hate playing your division in the playoffs because the guys know they they know how to play against you, right? And yeah, and those are the type of games that you lose in the play. I mean, in the regular season, like we saw, we lost to the Jets and we lost to the Dolphins earlier in the year when we should have won. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of scares me a little bit about these matchups. And the other thing I want to point out is like there's there's no cakewalk here for the Bengals either. Like you were saying, if Lamar comes back, the the Ravens already beat the the um, Bengals earlier this year too. So it's like. I don't understand, you know, there there could be a lot going on that yeah. we think we know our path to the playoffs here. That's going to be Miami, home against the Bengals, and then neutral side against Kansas City is like how, how we get there. There's a lot that can happen this this weekend here, and there's a couple divisional matchups and the, the, the Chargers-Jags game, which I know doesn't have effect on um, on us, but it's 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 going to be a crazy weekend. I, I just think this this game against the Dolphins, like you, you were talking about, and I was saying earlier with how, how this team beats itself up, there's going to be moments where you just want to throw your head through the TV if you're a Bills fan, that something weird's going to happen, someone's going to botch a punt, like something like that. And it, it's just going to be a game where you the Bills should be up by 13, and they're going to be up by four or something like that you know what i mean like yeah. they're, they're, that's how you're gonna feel going into maybe like the end of the third quarter you're like man we should be up like two scores on these guys and the dolphins have the ball and they could tie it like that's gonna be yeah. the situation that we're gonna be in regardless of who's playing quarterback regardless of who's injured and who's not that's the type of game i'm gearing up for i don't even know what the weather is looking like but that that's that's bill's dolphins that's this bill's team specifically and that's kind of like playoff football at this point. So that's what I'm kind of expecting. Yeah, that, um, I mean... I, I'm not expecting last year's game against the Patriots, which was crazy. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I was just going to say, I don't know what the weather's looking like either. Um, What I was going to say, though, is it, it almost also feels kind of like fate that the Bills are playing the Dolphins here in the first round of the playoffs just because of, obviously, kind of like the restored rivalry this year and obviously the banter back and forth online. It seems like that was kind of the most... Uh, for the bill from the Bills' perspective, obviously, regardless, you know, other than the Chiefs, but we all, only play them once a year. Playing the Dolphins in division twice a year, it seems like that was the most hated fan base back and forth kind of rivalry between the Bills this year was the Dolphins. So, uh, two great games in the regular season. Then it was kind of like just fate. Like, uh, of course, we're going to meet this team in the first round of the playoffs, which just leads me to believe again, like you said, it's going to be kind of like one of these fluky games that the bills are almost in control of the whole game, but they just don't pull away. Like you said, like, I feel like we're going to feel like I'm going to be sitting on my couch wanting to bang my head through the door at some point, like you said, but at the same time, like being like, I know we're in control at the same time. It, so 
it's going to be a tough one. That's what playoff football is, like you said. But um, I don't know. I, I I don't. It's a weird feeling because we can get into score predictions for the game before we move on. Um, do you want to go first with that uh, on the score predictions? Um. Yeah, I'll go. Bills win. I honestly, and I hate this too, because it's going to make the game more frustrating. I think it's going to be lower scoring than I would like it to be. Like I, I think the Bills are going to win twenty-four to twenty. Okay. See, I'm going to think, and again, I'm probably not predicting the Bills to lose throughout our episodes in the playoffs. If we keep winning, I'm I'm just not going to sit here and predict the Bills to lose. Just you know, caveating it with that. Um, but again, I think this will be a weird game. Kind of like I said at the beginning of the episode, I think it'll be. I think the Bills will win, and I think they'll win by maybe like a double digits, but it won't be a game where it feels like a double digit win. So I'll say the Bills will win thirty one to twenty to twenty one. Um, you love thirty one. <laughs> I think uh, you got you got to make a video montage of all of our score predictions throughout the year, and I guarantee uh, half. Of them I feel will like, be. yeah, I feel like I picked thirty one every time. Yeah, but I'm gonna go thirty one twenty one, but a closer butt clenching game that you know maybe we score at the end and then the dolphins go for it on fourth down trying to come back and win and they don't and we run out the clock that that sort of situation but and that's also kind of weather permitting too like i again we don't know what the weather's supposed to be like but i don't know i haven't heard anything like storms coming in or anything like that but i think we get a 10 point win but but close game i i, I don't know close game and if the if that spreads 11 right now or whatever it is i think the dolphins do end up covering that um but I don't know anything else on the Bills here, playoff wise. Before you want to move ahead, I mean, I will say the one. Just speaking of playoffs in general, I feel like one game that everyone is predicting. Like, there's always also that one game that everyone's like, "Oh, like this underdog's gonna win," and I think everyone's on the Giants beating the Vikings. So I think the Vikings are just gonna win that game. Like, just on solely based on people thinking that like that's like their sneaky underdog pick of the week, but it's not the sneaky underdog pick when literally everyone else is thinking that the Giants are gonna win. So. That's a little insight on on the, on the NFC side, I guess, is I think the Vikings doing that game. But I don't know. Any other playoff matchups you're looking forward to this weekend besides, obviously, the Bills one? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, oh, I you're guess. Not looking, you're not looking forward to any playoffs? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the one that it's, it's weird because I, I need to see, like, who's playing. I guess the one that kind of intrigues me is the Jags chargers game as weird as that sounds like on paper, it sounds gross, but if you look at those actual teams, I think that game's kind of a toss up. It's like textbook teams. With yeah, a I mean, ton of on, talent on paper, that... it's a toss up too, though. The spreads were one. It's like a pick them. No, I know, but I, that's what I said. I, I think I said it was a toss up. What, right. You said on paper, you don't think it is, but it kind of, no, I said on something. paper, it doesn't sound intriguing. Like no. it's like Jags chargers, but it's just like two teams with a ton of talent, right? Two young gun quarterbacks that just seem to never win the the, the close big game. game. Yeah, yeah, so one so, of them's gonna have to move on. Um, I also, I, will, I also, I'm, I think that the Bucks beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot of a take either, but I can see it happening. You don't sure. think that's a hot take? I, I don't. I mean, everyone's talking about how Brady's ten and zero against the Cowboys in his lifetime. Um. I don't know. I, I don't know what the spread on that game is, but I mean, they're obviously going to be underdogs, but um, I will, I will say to, to kind of round this out, obviously the schedule came out. I'm glad the bills are playing at one o'clock on Sunday 
because it's the class. We've had this conversation before, but being able to play the first game on one of the days is like huge. So I don't have to sit through other games before the bills play. So like, at least on Saturday, like I'll have to sit through those before the bills obviously play, but like Saturday, right. I know the bills aren't playing that, that day. So I can kind of settle in and watch those two games and enjoy them and then get up Sunday morning and know that the bills are playing that first game, as opposed to, you know, they play a Sunday night game. I have to sit there through two football games and, and sweat those out before the bills play Sunday night, just like, Thoughts running through my head, right? So I do like that one o'clock slot. I'm not going to lie on Sunday, just so I can get up and I mean, that's and, just and go the, right to the Bills game. Yeah, and it's also that's just like the best time to watch football is the early slot anyway. So you don't have to change your. Routine I don't mind at all. the prime time. I don't mind the prime time to watch, but in, t- in yeah. terms of this situation, the only thing that sucks is that I'm not not going to watch any more football if the Bills lose on Sunday. Like, mm-hmm. if you do play later, then you're interested in at least in all the games. Regardless. Yeah, but it's so hard to watch them. It's so hard. Yeah, like, my, like I'm, I'm like literally staring blankly at a, at the TV with the game on, and I'm thoughts aren't even processing through my brain as the games play. To be honest, yeah, it's true. Um, all right, well, I think that's kind of it for Bills talk. Um, playoffs are here, baby. So it's, the season goes by quick. It always does. Bills are in two seed. Uh, as you said earlier, if they do make it to the AFC Championship and it is against the the Chiefs, it will be a neutral site, which is. Obviously, something we didn't really touch on too much, but that will be super interesting. Just having an AFC championship game at a neutral site, which I don't even know where that would be, um, which could kind of honestly play into a favor for the Bills if it's at like a dome or something, right? Like you just take the weather out of it, could play in, in it. Probably a favor will be for the a Bills. Um, so that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, this is it. We're, you know, 13 seconds happened last year. It feels like an eternity to get back here. And hopefully we can kind of right that wrong that. Um, left us all just just stunned last year, but the time is back where um we can try to make a run here. So it should be interesting, should be exciting, and uh, let's move on to the to the Sabers, the um the team that's been on an absolute heater, playing right now actually down three nothing. As you guys are listening to this, this was last night, but um let's move on to the Sabers here. Okay, on to the Sabers here. As I said, as we're recording this Monday night, they are currently playing against the Flyers, down three nothing in the Goatheads, which is just an absolute. You know, stun. Honestly, if I'm talking honestly here, um, <laughs> the team just is an absolute wagon with the with the go heads on. Real quick, I did forget one little thing for the Bills before we do move on to the Sabers. Rumblings of Micah Hyde. Any mm. any takes on that? Micah Hyde could. I mean, he's not going to, but apparently on Twitter or something was trending about him potentially coming back for this weekend, if not next. Um, could be another situation where if he does come back, maybe he's, you know, probably he's obviously not going to be a hundred percent off rip. So um might be tough, but I mean, imagine getting Micah Hyde back for the playoff run. Yeah. It'd be electric. I just don't know what you're kind of going to get out of him though. Like how do yeah. you come back after missing the entire season and feel like you can compete? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a different level in the playoffs too. Like I'm not, I'm not going to put it too much stock into that right now no yeah again i have no idea what i haven't heard anything from anyone legit or anything like that just people on twitter kind of saying that he could be practicing or come back maybe this week which would just be kind of incredible and obviously a huge boost but at the same time it could be another trey white situation where he comes back and you know plays only five snaps the whole game and it's just um kind of a tough situation but anyway we'll monitor that as uh as the playoffs move along let's move on to the savers here um Sabres on their last, I mean, the month of December, I'm going to pull up the schedule real quick. Um, Month of December, what, they were on like a six-game winning streak, I believe. 
Uh, let's see. They uh, won two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven game winning streak in the month of December. Uh, then lost to Ottawa and then won Washington in Minnesota. So they've won, I mean, nine of their last 11 games. They've been playing great. The goaltending's been better. The scoring has sustained itself. I still think I think they're still the, the highest scoring team in the league. Yep. Um, just uh, a, a team that's coming together very, very nicely. And to start off the Sabres conversation that we have every week, and I know we usually don't have really a, you know, a structure to it. We just kind of fly off the radar and, and go with what our gut's telling us. But to start it off, my question to you, and then we can kind of move into the other things, um, is if I'm asking you right now, so it's 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. January 9th, obviously they're in the middle of this game. Um, do the Sabres make the playoffs? Do the Sabres make the playoffs oh, this man. year? I, if I had to, If you had to put a gun to my head, Sadly, I'm gonna to have to say no. Um, I'm saying think, yes. Okay, I've I've told you this. I think I told Dad this too. I I think the Sabers team is the Detroit Lions. Like this is there's so many comparisons. Yeah, that was an here. interesting. Uh, explain that one for me. Because they just they got this team that can pile on points, but they beat themselves too often, and they're just not experienced yet. They don't have. They don't have the the gamers or the playoff. They don't have the playoff experience yet, right? They they need a season like the Lions, right, where they have to kind of go through them through some things to get to a spot where they're going to be a perennial playoff team. And it's kind of like, um, you know, the, the Bills kind of had to do that with Allen, right, in his rookie year when we lost in Houston in Houston in the wild card, just. It wasn't a pretty season, right? But there was so much promise. I'm not talking about making a run in the playoffs. I'm talking no, about no. making the playoffs. Sorry, I know, but like even uh that wasn't his rookie. That was his that was his second year. Second right? year, yeah. His but rookie they, year, they, he they, came they, in in the third game after Peterman or whatever. Right, but they had that year, right? Like they had those those the teams need to have stepping stones. And I think this the Sabres just there's too many if you look at that that log jam in the wild card too. The teams that they're going to have to jump are teams that have been there. And we were talking about this on in the offseason, right, that the Sabres are on that uphill trajectory and the teams that they're going to be battling with are on the downhill trajectory. I just think that there's just one more year and then this offseason and going to the next year will kind of be that changing of the guard, in my opinion. Like, this is the year that Tage Thompson solidifies himself and lets the, puts the league on notice that, like, I just didn't have a fluke 30-goalie season. Like I'm here to stay and I'm going to be a perennial, you know, 30, 40 goal scorer. And then you got guys like Darlene. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a Norris trophy guy. And then you have these secondary guys coming up, right? We always talked about, okay, Thompson had this year, Darlene's turned the corner, but they need other guys to have breakout years. And now you got talks having an unbelievable year. Cousins is having an unbelievable year. Um, You got your rookies like Paterka and, uh, Quinn and power like these guys are playing so it's it's like the the foundation is being set it's just not set yet and when you're going up against teams like Pittsburgh Washington the Islanders who else is going to be there the Rangers uh like those are teams where they've they've been there already and even though talent wise I think the Sabres might be better now they have that leadership group already. They've been there. They've done that. They know how to get the job done. 
and that's kind of what we saw in the playoffs um, with with the Lions. They just, you know, they won that last game against the Packers. They just didn't have that one extra game to get them in. And I think it's going to be like the Sabres, if the season was maybe 10 games longer, they could have snuck in. But I think they're just going to, they're not going to be able to to get those extra couple points um, because of games like, I don't know, they might come back and win against the Flyers tonight and I'll look like an idiot. But like, it's just, you're going to look back on a couple of these seasons. You're going to look back at that eight game losing streak in the, in the start of the season. And, you know, that's going to be the reason why um, we don't get in. And, and when you're a good team, a playoff team, like those things don't happen. So I think this is kind of like that learning year. We'll get there. We'll be right there. I think we'll be first or second team that doesn't make the playoffs, but I I just don't think, and I think we're only going to miss it by maybe like four or five points. And and I just don't think we're going to be that one of those teams. If if I look at who they have to jump, um, yeah. but I mean, we're right there right now. So, we'll, I mean, sure, yeah, they, they maybe could, like, it's not going to surprise me. Like, I would say it's it's closer to 50 50 if they do or don't. Then it's like they only have like a 10 percent shot of making it. It's it's they're right there point wise right now. Yeah, maybe I uh, in my whole thing, maybe I'm getting a little bit too ahead of myself here. And maybe, uh, you know, I needed that talking to to kind of bring myself back down to the earth because that's kind of been my whole thing this year. Right. Is don't don't get ahead of yourself. It's I've, I've been the one preaching to other Sabres fans saying, right, this is, we're still in a rebuild. Um, Don't let yourself get ahead of where you, you know, where we are right now, you know, make sure you're patient with it. Um, Don't force anything. If you're Kevin Adams, that kind of thing. I've been, I've been preaching that all year. So maybe I need to pump the brakes or anything, but it is, a, it is a question to ask right now because, because of where they are, you know, in the standings, I think they have four or five games in hand because they had that big break with the the blizzards and everything. And it's January. And so it is a question that needs to kind of be brought up. The, the It's crazy to talk about, but I mean, the, they are right there. And like you said, you know, even if they don't make it, they'll probably be right outside looking in. Um, but the playoff push, it, it is on. And it, and it is crazy to think that we have a chance here to, to make the playoffs. Right. And I, and mm-hmm. I've been preaching that the whole year is, is, this this isn't a playoff team yet, um, or at the beginning of the year, this is this is what I was saying, and don't get ahead of yourself. But um, yeah, but we I don't also know, just got, just gone to my head season, like what we we also said going in like expectation wise, what we think it, a successful season looks like, and this is exactly it, right? Regardless yeah. if they make it or not, pending a monumental collapse in the second half, right, where they just rattle off a ten game losing streak and they don't come close. Yeah, I'd say it's be disappointment. There's a ton of hockey left to play. Um, I just think if they're in this position at the end of the year, that is a successful season. Like I, it's not, I wouldn't say my expectations have changed where it's like, if we don't make the playoffs now, then I'd be disappointed. Um, and, and to everybody, sorry to cut you off, but to everybody on Twitter, that's like, okay, now we need to go make a trade to to make a push for the playoffs. Like, no, like you stay the course, you do your thing. Unless you're getting a guy that's going to be part of this core, unless it's a hockey trade, not like this deadline deal, make a push to the playoffs type trade, then that's a different story. But like, we're not trading assets right now for a guy that's going to help us make for a veteran. That's going to like play for 20 games to try to help us make the playoffs. Like that is not the position we're in right now. Stay the course, keep doing what you're doing and let's see if we let's try to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I still agree with all that. And my goalposts haven't changed in terms of what's a successful season and what's not like if they don't make the playoffs at this rate, I would, I would still say, and and they assuming they continue where they're at, and you know they they're kind of in the mix, but don't make the playoffs. I would still absolutely say it's a successful season. I'm not saying that 
if they don't make the playoffs anymore, it was kind of just a, a waste or whatever. I just think that, I don't know, with my gut right now, the way that they're playing, and I haven't been able to watch too much of this game right now, but there's a real there's a real chemistry, there's a real culture, and I thought I thought Tage Thompson would have scored down by or slowed down by now with his mm-hmm. scoring, and he's he's still just on that pace. Same with Darlene, five points the other night. Like I just have a feeling that they can make this kind of run and make the playoffs again. I still completely agree with everything you're saying. I think they can make the playoffs with the team they have now. I don't want them to do what you were saying and and or what you were saying they shouldn't do is go out and get a guy that you're trying to make a push for, like an, an old vet or something. Absolutely not. I still think they stay the course. I still maybe don't even trade some of my assets for a younger guy. Like I, I would still be very, very cautious with it. I think you run the table with the group that you have now, and you still have a chance to make the playoffs with the team you have now with the way they've been playing. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think they do make the playoffs. Um and especially with the Islanders, they they've been kind of, I don't know, they've been back and forth. Um, the Pens have been losing some games to the West Coast teams. Uh, again, a lot of hockey to be played, but I don't know. My gut it does say yes right now, but again, that doesn't mean to change anything with the plan. You still got to stay the course. You still got to make sure that we're you know we're good in the future of things. Um, but to, for me to be sitting here right now and saying that I think they'll make the playoffs. Like I would have never thought that, you know, when we go back and do our season preview and stuff like that. So um, it, it, I just want to pose that question because it is something to bring up. Uh, moving on from that, the other news, the biggest news in Sabres world uh, that came out kind of right before we started recording was obviously the goalie situation. So obviously UPL has been playing great. Um, you know, his his goals against average still isn't great, but he's getting still like 50 shots a game against him. The defense still isn't, you know, kind of, to what you were saying, right. That, that experience and that uh, veteran leadership really isn't there yet where, you know, the defense is still just giving up a ton of chances. Every game we're just scoring, we're just outscoring teams. Um, But I mean, UPL has been playing great. Comrie obviously has been playing for the Amherst doing some rehab stints. Anderson's obviously just been healthy and just kind of on a pitch count this year. UPL has been sent down to Rochester uh, Comrie's back on the team. He's backing up Anderson in this game against Philly. It, it it sucks to see UPL sent down, but I guess, you know, I read into it and, and I guess what they're going to do is they're kind of sending him down. So then they don't have to send down a skater and, and risk losing him to waivers, but then they're going to try to make room to have three goalies on the team or pretty much just keep bringing UPL back up and down and try to get all three goalies games, which I don't know how that's going to work. That kind of sounds like a, a nightmare situation. And, um, that's why I'm not the GM or the one handling those transactions. But if I'm just thinking like about UPL for one is my thought was always, you can't send him down now, which by the way, tap on my back, you know, he's kind of coming back to my take at the beginning of the year of him taking over. Um, but <laughs> the way that he's been playing, like you can like, I think we would all agree. I think all Sabres fans would agree. Like you can't send him down right now. Um, but then this whole like a three game or a three goalie rotation, and then and then that means I guess UPL's going back and down, just like even logistically, like from Rochester to Buffalo, like a bunch of times and on the road. Like I just feel like that's not a good way to sustain a young goaltender who's been playing great, you know, at this level so far. I I know it's a tough situation because you signed Comrie to kind of be your one two punch with Anderson. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know the best way to handle this, but I I just know that you can't have UPL sit down in Rochester for the rest of the year. And I I know that's not what that doesn't sound like what they're going to do from all the reports and everything. They want to bring him back up and still get him game time. But to have three goalies pretty much on the roster is, is crazy. It's something I've never really heard of. And 
I mean, I don't know where your where your thoughts are here, but you can't have right now. The, the the UPL is peaking. Like if anything, like he's at his peak right now. He's playing great. I, I don't know. You just can't have him down in Rochester for the rest yeah, of the year. I don't know why. Like the timing wise, it just doesn't make sense. I guess it's it's because they had to because of Comrie and if you're gonna can't you have so let me ask you this and I don't know if you know this either but I'm pretty sure Anderson's on a one year deal he can't get sent down to Rochester he he doesn't have a two way contract Comrie clearly does because he was playing for the Amherst why not just keep him down on the Amherst for right now and have UPL and Anderson ride it out and see what happens and then if you know things kind of go back to where they were when Comrie got hurt you bring him back up I don't know if that's killing Comrie's uh, confidence because he's still only a 27 year old guy and I don't know if they want to handle it that way I guess it's yeah. a you know, people say it's a good situation to be in, but at the same time, like it's very, very tough. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either because I was thinking the same thing. It's like why, it's like why, why pull a pitcher who's just mowing down the lineup at this point? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like his pitch count isn't close to a hundred. The guy's wheeling and dealing, and now we're gonna go to the bullpen already. Like, it just the timing wise just made no sense. I mean, if you're watching this game tonight too, Anderson does not look good. He looks like an old goalie. Um. So I, I I don't know I I, I hate the move I th- I mean your take is looking nice right now that he's going to take over the the starting goalie position and solidify himself. But yeah, it's just it's just weird timing. I it's going to be interesting to see how they manage the situation. I think something's going to happen what roster wise for like you just can't you just can't have a three goalie team like that's just not how. No. You can't, you can't. And, and, the, and I guess that's why they said they had, like, which I guess, like, again, I'm not tapped into the GM room or the upper management room, but I guess that was the only really way they could keep their roster the way they they have it because, because Yoki Haru's hurt, but he's coming back soon. If you send someone else down, they have to clear waivers. So say you want to send Jost down, who's been great for us, right? He has to clear waivers. He's probably getting claimed by someone else. So the only way around keeping this group together right now was probably to send UPL down or or I guess leave Comrie down. Um, so again, my hands are tied here. Like I don't know what you're supposed to do there. It just sucks, I guess, what's happening. And and again, I'm wondering because everything's saying their plan is to get all three goalies reps in the NHL. I just don't know how that works. And I don't know how a, a goalie can get into a yeah. groove. I don't know what the logistics of that are. This dude's going to be on planes every other day. Like, it just doesn't sound good. So I, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't have a solution. Would, would you, I guess I'll pose a question to you first, and then maybe I'll, you know, an answer will come to mind. Would you have just kept Comrie down in Rochester for the time being? If that was an option, yes. Yeah, I think I would have too. You have to. Like, it, just just how we talked about how, like, we got in this big argument, and you were talking about UPL's not getting a fair shake. Well, Com- Comrie's got to earn a spot back just how UPL had to earn in his spot, right? Like Comrie wasn't performing. There was injuries. UPL came up and he, he earned his spot, right? Yeah. Now until, until UPL doesn't play well and he, he, they're not winning games. It's, it's his spot to lose at this point. You don't, you don't just gift the guy. You don't give Comrie a spot back because, because he's, he's ready to play now. Like nothing, this this goalie position. None of these guys are are franchise guys at this point. Like they're all battling with each other. So, like that that's that was my whole point in the season. Why I liked the Comrie signing was because it's like you're drafting quarterbacks, right? It's like keep drafting guys and keep signing guys until you find someone that works out. And so right now it's working out with UPL and see if he's your guy. 
So that's why I, I don't understand. And it's got to be the only the, like the only thing that makes sense is that they had to make this roster move for Comrie to like play games again or something. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. I don't understand why you just don't keep him in Roch until it makes sense to bring him up. But the I, yeah. I if the crazy thing is I think Anderson might be just waived or something by to make room for these guys at this point. I think I don't know. Oh, like, is that like your kind of like your hot like your hot take? Maybe yeah. I think happen? I think he's gonna kind of show his like true colors at this point. Uh, I'm just watching him like move around in goal at this point, and he just like his looks like he's gonna keel over at any point. You know, he just he looks so <laughs> stoic. So, so is just, that so is that opens up another question though again like we're not big into like the contracts and everything like he he obviously signed a one year deal like can can we just waive him like can can that happen Yeah you can waive him and uh like if you wanted to send him down I believe like you have to waive him and he has to clear waive but I think he's like on a one way contract I don't think you can even send him yeah, down that's, to that's, Rochester Yeah that's that's why he has to that's why he has to clear waivers because he's on a one way Okay, I think that's how it works. I don't know. Like, don't don't quote me on any of this because, but I just think that Anderson it just might get to the point where they like have a frank conversation where it's like, listen, we got limited number of roster spots. You're the third goalie here. We we just gotta let you go at this. It's point. like maybe like, it's like maybe almost to the yeah. It's like hey hey Anderson, you have an upper body injury now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone take a someone take a slap <laughs> shot to his sternum real quick and <laughs> um, yeah, so. All right, yeah. I mean, I think we're kind of aligned there on that, but it is encouraging to see UPL again. The like his if you look at his raw numbers, you know his his save percentage. I think is still below nine hundred. His goals against average is still above three. I think that there's a lot of context that surrounds that with the way the Sabers play. He also has like a six game winning streak going on right now, personal win streak, which is the most out of any rookie goaltender this year. So I mean, there's a lot of good from him. And and the thing is, is like. I said this earlier, but they're they're getting 50 shots, you know, 40, 40 shots minimum, I feel like, on the Sabres every game. And uh, what was it, the the game we won recently against Minnesota, right? I mean, we won 6-5. You know, mm-hmm. you let him in five overtime. goals, it's not great. But in OT, man, he was he was standing on his head, right? I think he had six of his 40 saves or whatever it was in overtime. And they're all, like, very, very point-blank chances. So, I mean, again, one of those things where – you know, maybe the game isn't going well as a whole, but he's making those clutch plays when it matters. Um, and he's he's seeming to gain confidence, and in, in, which is a good thing for a young goaltender. Um, more on the goalie front, though, something quick we can just glance over real quick. You sent me this earlier. Uh, looked like Jeff Merrick on the 32 Thoughts podcast said that um, about Portillo is that it's basically what everybody in Buffalo was already thinking is that he probably will test free agency. And uh, I guess Elliot Friedman was saying that he wonders if the Sabres will try to find a way to trade him at the deadline before he becomes a free agent, which would be a great, a great move by Kevin Adams if he's able to pull that off. If he knows basically, yo, this guy's not signing with us. If he can trade him to someone else where he wants to be, where he knows he's going to sign, you get some assets back for him. That would be great. Um, I guess it sucks that, you know, another draft pick just, you know, not wanting to sign with us. It seems like it's something that's happened in the past with goalies in, in Buffalo and other players. And, um, yeah, it, it it it's not great, but it's something we all saw coming, I guess. Yeah, uh, it is something that we all saw coming. I just don't know how you're going to trade any. Like, maybe you'll get a fifth or sixth round pick from at that point because whoever's taken on that trade too is now taking the risk that he's not going to sign with you. 
Unless so, you do like a like a sign and trade type thing where it's like, all right, you trade him and and like and, the, and, and Portillo thing. agrees that he's going to sign with that team as a you know as soon as he gets traded because I you know I think those trades have happened in the past before with players. It's like a you know they trade well, him we traded for, signed. We traded for VC. We traded for VC's rights and he didn't sign with us. No, like, I know, but yeah, I'm saying maybe if there was something in the contract or, or I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what what do we take him with in the draft? What what round pick do we even take this guy? Do you even remember uh, was it high? No, I think it was mid round. It wasn't like a first round pick or anything like that. Yeah. But uh I mean yeah, I mean if you can get something for him, I think you do make the move to trade him, right? If it's just sounding like he's not going to sign with us, I mean, why not? How does that hurt? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and and also like from Portillo's perspective now, I mean, he's probably watching the Sabres. He's like, okay, they got they got UPL who's playing really well. Comrie's only whatever, how old. And then you got Levi too. It's like, I'm going to have to go through three different guys here when there's goalies in the, in the league right now are at a premium, right? Like how many good goalies are there? There's not a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of old goalies. So he's like, why, why would I waste my time trying to jump three guys when I can go to a different team and be like their number one prospect? Yeah, well, and then the other thing you, you mentioned it, Levi, this just puts a bigger microscope on that situation because he's obviously not signed by the Sabres yet either. Where obviously, I think the hope the the, the hope in Buffalo is kind of the opposite with Portillo. We kind of saw him not signing for whatever reason. Everyone in Buffalo kind of sees that Levi is going to sign, but it just puts a a bigger micro you know a bigger microscope on the Levi situation that we kind of need to get this done because it seems like you know our other goaltender prospect is uh, is going to walk. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens with that. See if we deal with the deadline or I don't know, maybe he'll surprise us and he ends up signing with the Sabres after all. Um, but we'll see on that. Um, other Sabre stuff. What else is going on? I mean, anything else you want to bring up here before we kind of sign off? I mean, just if we want to just talk about the play of them, you know, as of recent, I know we kind of just gloss, you know, glanced over that to, to start this off. I mean, I know I mentioned them being kind of on a, on a little heater here, but I mean, the teams have just been clicking. Right, I mean the this Thompson talking Skinner line has just been absolutely Scoring, going. Yeah. I think I want to real quick before you hop in there, and I think you kind of texted this to Dad and I after the the win against Boston, which I feel like we have to kind of bring up because that was a huge win in overtime where we're down four three late in the game, um, or was it three uh, three two? I don't I don't remember. But then the Cousins goal at the end sends us to overtime. Uh, I feel like talking, to, you know, if we're talking about like leadership and like eventually, ta- you know, having these guys that will take us to the playoffs and eventually win series for us, you know, what you're saying is the team needs more experience with and, and more players of. I think Tuck and Thompson, and you alluded to it earlier, but those two, and, and specifically Tuck, we knew that Thompson obviously had a great year last year. Not only them from a points perspective, those guys are just carrying this team. Like those two guys, I know Skinner chips in and, and, you know, other guys are chipping in cousins, obviously, but those two guys seems like they're just playing at a different level than pretty much anyone else on the team. Other than Darlene, maybe on the back end um, throughout this past, you know, eight game or seven game winning streak, winning eight out of your last 11 games. Like those two guys, I think you have to give as much credit to as anyone on the team, just the way that they're 100%. going out and basically dominating play every time that they're on the ice. Yeah, I mean, they're putting up points on a nightly basis. Like, they're scoring every game, assists, goals. Uh, I mean, they, they just pass it to each other extremely well. They, they're, their game complements each other, too. They're just both tall, lanky, speedy, great stick handling. And they can get gritty. Shots. They can get in the mix. Yeah, they'll, they'll play physical if they need to. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a tough combo to, to, to line up against. 
Um, you, I mean, they're, they're just huge guys too. And then you add, you add Skinner to that line. Who's like this scrappy rat who can score. It's just like, that's a, that's a tough line to play against every night. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be one of the top lines in the league from top to bottom. I mean, I don't I, from a from a full line composition standpoint, I don't know. I don't know if there's a line that scores more than that line in the league. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, just to piggyback on that quick before we can kind of sign off is uh, just do obviously have to give a shout out to Thompson. He already passed the 30 goal mark, so he's got 31 on the year. Um, this guy's gonna get 50, I think. Uh, I think I think the Sabers will have. You know, I'd love to. I'd love to know the stat on the last time the Sabers have had like three 30 goal scores they might have four they might have five but i think they'll have three 30 goal scores at the minimum which i don't know the last time that's happened maybe i don't know did eichel and skinner i don't think eichel had 30 when skinner scored 40 uh, and that'd only be two if he did uh, the last mm-hmm. time they had three 30 plus goal scores in a in a season i mean maybe 2006 or maybe they didn't uh, do that back then i don't i don't know but um thompson already passed that mark and he's yeah, I think he's gonna get fifty. I think I think Tuck will get up there, and so just wanted to give a quick shout out there. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Darlene just been absolutely incredible. Five point. Yeah, da- I mean, Darlene is a Norris candidate right now, so it's yeah, it's absolutely insane the season that he's having. Yeah. So, um, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this continues. Uh, we'll see. I guess you guys will already know if the Sabers did come back in this Flyers game. They're down three. They are not playing great to, uh, Monday night, by the way. Um, I have not been able to really focus in too much on the game. I'm gonna lock in here though after we sign off. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of does it here. Uh, for episode 161, Bills in playoff mode. Um, and hopefully. You know, we come back next week, and when we're recording next week, we are still live in the playoffs, um, and we are, you know, previewing the next game against either the Bengals or whoever it is. But anyways, go Bills, go Sabres, as always. That is episode 161 of the One Before I Die podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We'll see you next week. Peace.